Welcome to the Virtual Ward Rounds, a surgery podcast that helps you understand what is going on with your surgical patients and answers those burning questions you never had a chance to ask by the bedside. My name is Sergei Tsakarov. I'm a general surgeon from Sydney and an adjunct lecturer from the University of Notre Dame, Australia. We have created and implemented a successful medical student teaching course we call the Virtual Ward Rounds, and now it has come to you in form of this podcast. Each episode is carefully selected to discuss a single issue that relates to perioperative management of a surgical patient. Please check our Instagram and Twitter feeds under hashtag virtual ward rounds for updates and new episodes released every week. Welcome back to the virtual ward rounds. Uh, today uh, we are talking theatre etiquette, uh, what to do and what not to do when you turn up to the operating theatre for the first time. And um, Wendy, hi Wendy. Hi Serge. Wendy is running the show and uh, today and we've got a special guest on our show as well. Hi Monica. Hi there. Okay, I'll let I'll let Wendy uh, take the reins. Take it away, Wendy. So Monica, our guest, tell us a little bit about who you are. So my name's Monica. I am a CNS. I've been working in operating theatres for almost 14 years now. Um, I specialize in orthopedics for the last two years. Yeah, what's a CNS, Monica? CNS is a clinical nurse specialist, so I do a bit of extra work to get a bit of extra credit, and that's given me this role. (laughs) And so does that mean that you actually um, have a role in supervising nursing students and medical students when they turn up? Um, I, when it comes to medical students, I think it's more your, the educator um, on the ward. But um, I, I overlook um, and train some of the staff in my specialty when it comes to orthopedics. So I know I'm the go-to person when they have questions. All right. So teaching is is part of what you do. You just you do a orthopedic specialist um, scrub scouting teaching. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. Fantastic. All right. Sorry, sorry, Wendy. I think I've just taken over your uh, podcast again. (laughs) (laughs) That's totally fine, Serge. And Monica is a total gem. I remember meeting her in theatres the first time. And I think you were doing a scope, Serge, and then we turned music on and we were having a lot of fun. (laughs) (laughs) I think I recall that particular incident. It was great. You were singing as well, Serge. No, no, I deny. I deny singing. No, I don't do that. I'm all about the music. I love the music in the theatres. It sets the mood if you choose the right sort of music. And, and it drowns out some of the annoying conversation that can happen behind you while you're doing a scope. So that's perfect for me too. Yeah, it was great. Excellent. Okay, so should we dive into some questions, guys? Sounds good. Go for it. Okay. So let's start at the beginning. Let's picture a student walking into the theatres for their first time. What should they do? They should always introduce themselves because there's many people that walk in and out of theatres and we can't tell who's who. But it's usually the student that stands there and looks a little bit lost and doesn't know quite to say. And then yeah, there's your other students who will be right in your face and demand things. So if you just come up to you're the nursing staff, if it's someone in the room, introduce who you are, which department you belong to. Are you with anesthetics? Are you with scrub scale? You're with whoever you might be with. Um, it's always good to introduce yourself, especially to the scrub nurse who basically runs the room. Very valuable. Anything you would add to that, Serge? 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I completely agree. It's just, you just have to remember that it's not the surgeon who runs the operating theater. Uh, the surgeon does the operating, but uh, this this the scrub scout nurses are in charge of running the room. They need to know who is in the room, their names, their positions, uh, what they can help with, what they can't help with, what they need to be taught if they can scrub, if they're going to scrub, what, what size gloves there are. So there's a lot of things that the nursing staff need to know. And if you don't introduce themselves, uh, if you don't tell them who they are, then you're either going to end up being in the corner or, worst of all, you're going to be end up in the middle of something and you actually become a nuisance, which is not a great thing to do. But before you turn up to the operating theatre, I think you should probably try and figure things out in advance. Um, I always recommend the medical students to make friends with their intern resident registrar, whomever's the friendliest on the team. And for the, the first time that they turn up, turn up together with someone else so they can just show you a bit of a lay of the land. Um, you, the medical students quite frequently, well, I think pretty much in every clinical school, get a formal orientation to the operating theatres. But I know in my personal experience that this orientation thing happens once, it takes about a day. There's absolute truckloads of information that's dumped on you. And then you turn up to a clinical rotation six months later, having forgotten everything about it. So you kind of need to start from, from the beginning and just get yourself a bit of an orientation. And your team resident intern registrar is, is your friend to do that, to start to start, to start you off. Yeah, I think that's really helpful, especially for students. And I know that I've found, at least if I know someone in theatres or I've made friends with the surgeons or the nursing staff, it helps a lot to ease those nerves. But you've got to get over that jump first of introducing yourself, which yeah. is really important but not easy to do. Yeah, especially when you're a student army, you have a little bit of confidence but not too much confidence. Yeah. But, yeah, finding that that nurse in that room who's who's going to be nice to you will make your whole experience there a, a, a lot different to a nurse who's not going to be nice to you through your whole rotation. <laughs> Monica, can I ask you, uh, does does bringing chocolate or flowers help? Um, no, because you know, <laughs> that's not allowed in the theatres, but it can be outside theatres in the tea room. <laughs> or Korean fried chicken. Korean fried chicken goes down very well or Eljana's chicken. Eljana's, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if you buy the whole theater, Eljana's chicken, you'll be our favorite medical student ever. We will remember your name. <laughs> There's some rich medical students out there, I'm sure. Some consultants can afford that. <laughs> okay, guys, so I think you've touched on something that, or alluded to it. So what are some of the things students do that is annoying, whether it's hopefully unintentional, but sometimes... So one would be coming into theaters and not introducing yourself. Two, um, being asked to scrub up, but then demanding the nursing staff, can you open the gown for me, open my gloves for me? That's a big no-no, like we didn't have enough of our own work to do. But you, the nicer way to go around it is that if you're not in a rush, could you please show me where the gowns are outside in the sterile stock room? That way I know for next time and um, I can go get it myself. But if you're in a rush, I'm so sorry. Could you open this club, the, the gown for me? And these are, these are my gloves. Not demanded of us as we have a lot of our own work to do. Uh, what else is annoying? Uh, walking in, um, bringing in your bags, that's a big no-no. <gasps> so bringing in your own things, um, bags, 
food, coffee, um, big no, what you see the registrars and the doctors do, you should not do. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, to be fair, we're not supposed to do that either. Uh, and if and if we do bring food or coffee into the operating room, just tell us off, Monica. I think I think that's that's a that's a big problem. Uh, I don't think that should happen. Yes, it's it's just setting a very bad example for the medical students and for everyone else and trying to find the, the staff that is confident enough to actually say something to the surgeon hey, what are you doing? Um, that's a big difference too. But I'm more than happy to say something. If I see something wrong, I'll point it out. But sometimes the surgeons just ignore it. But at least I've said it. Like, you know, um, what else is annoying for medical students? I'm not asking if they don't know something like, how do I put on my gloves? Or, have, or can you show me how instead of spending 20 minutes and then fumbling and everyone's just looking at the student going, are you scrubbing in today? <laughs> um, so if, if you need help, just ask. It's, it's, we're more than happy to help you not contaminate yourself and the whole environment and have the surgeon upset at you for being really, really slow. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know, and if and if the medical students don't tell you that they've never scrubbed, exactly, uh, you, you can't you can't you can't even find time to sh- to take them through, right? So at your introduction, uh, when you when when the medical students walk in, just let them know. Look, I may need to scrub, but I haven't done it in a while. So if you got a spare moment, do you mind just? Uh, taking me through it, please. Uh, that would go a long way, I think. Uh, from my side of things, um, look, uh, medical students are always welcome. Um, and if you turn up and just stay in the corner, then you will get some stuff by osmosis, uh, sort of just by looking at things and how things work. But to get the most out of your time in the operating theater, you need to prepare. Um, you need to uh, look up the operating list. Uh, the day before, ideally. Um, And that's where your relationship with your team goes a long way. Find out some of the interesting cases that you want to see. I mean, even a colonoscopy can be interesting uh, if you prepare and if you're looking for specific things, uh, then you can then you can get into the the whole procedure. But if you come completely unprepared, uh, sit or stand in the corner um, and don't ask any questions, um, then you're probably not going to get a whole lot out of it. The other thing that um, uh, that that annoys a lot of people, not me personally, uh, I don't tend to get annoyed at all, but um, <laughs> annoys some people um, is that when when the medical students from a surgical team uh, come up and they start um, chatting up the anesthetist. So I know some people are really bugged by it. Um, but yeah, but apart from that, whatever, uh, what everything that Monica said, uh, I think uh, is is very very uh, very true. Um, actually, just to touch base on that is that I've this is just an example because I did see a medical student come into a theatre um, and he was put with one of the very hard vascular surgeons and he was unprepared. He had all these questions, um, the surgeon had all these questions, he knew not one answer. So when you come into an operating theatre, if you know the day beforehand, at least know the basics of just a bit of the anatomy at least, like he could not answer any of the questions. Um, the surgeon got angry and then in return, his the medical student's attitude towards the surgeon was the I don't care attitude and the, which annoyed the surgeon even more. 
Um, so always come prepared just for what you might encounter or what sort of surgeries you're going to see is definitely um, a, a big one. I think it's um, interesting. It sounds like that interaction also then almost changed the mood of the theatre. It changed totally the mood of the theatre. Um, like just show that you're interested. Like if you're going to show interest, they're going to come on, they'll invite you to scrub in, come a little closer, do you want to do this? They might even let you do something as part of the surgery. But if you're going to stand in that corner and be in that corner, don't ask questions. Don't even show you're interested. That's where you're going to be standing for the rest of the case, in the corner. Mm. Look, to be to be fair, this kind of uh, medical student grilling um, during the case is probably going to be going away by the way of the dodo. Uh, it, it, there's, there's enough going through the mind of a medical student, uh, first time in the operating theatre, you know, just where they have to stand, how they hold their hands, where to look, you know, how to pull, uh, to be also answering some detailed anatomy questions. It's probably not entirely fair. I know a lot of the trainees would struggle with that as well. Uh, but knowing a little bit about the case, so you can at least ask um, questions that are relevant. Uh, knowing a little bit of the anatomy will go a long, long way. Um, say in this particular case with a vascular surgeon, if you d- if that medical student did know vascular anatomy, then that, that would probably um, be a completely different uh, dynamic in the operating room. Saying that, if I see that the medical student is, is, doesn't have uh, any answers, then I'm probably not going to persevere and I'll probably just try and, and try and educate them as much as I can uh, so that they can, uh, can get at least something out of the experience. I'm definitely not going to get angry, but it is going to be a bit of a wasted time for you. Um, the other thing is, I guess, um, make sure your phone isn't silent. Yes, and don't keep looking at your iWatch even, just fiddling and texting and... I guess it's just respectful, but also I think one of the things I like about theatres is you don't have your phone and you don't have the outside world for a little while and you can just... Mm be present in the room what if you what if you have to google the answer to one of the questions that i'm asking you wendy what's going to happen then like come on (laughs) (laughs) i'll just say i don't know serge Well, yeah. I mean, we live in a connected, connected world. You gotta, you gotta be able to Google. So that's the only time you're allowed to use your phone, I guess, is uh, is when you get asked to uh, look mm-hmm. up something um, that you know that I pretend mm-hmm. that I know, uh, but I'm asking you anyway. I think with asking questions, though, I know there are some students who love to ask a million questions. How do you find? I guess probably Serge. Would you prefer that to be? I think with uh, with you, when I've been in theatres, I'll just say, can I ask you a question now? And you'll either say yes or no and then come back to it because I don't want to interrupt, but I know some students just love to ask a million questions without reading the room. Look, I I am very happy to teach and I'm happy to ask answer questions. And you will quickly realise that there is a certain dynamic to the operating room and some sometimes, you know, when the blood is uh, hitting the operating lights, it may not be quite as appropriate to be asking, you know, those questions than when we are closing the skin, for example. Um, a lot of the surgeons are very direct, uh, and myself included, and I will tell the medical student, this is not the time. Um, can you hold on to it? Can you just let me finish this and then you can ask some questions? Don't take it personally. 
there are, you know, there's ebbs and flows in the operating room, and there are parts of the procedure that may be, you know, more difficult than anticipated or easier than anticipated. So just just go with the flow. Certainly ask questions, um, but don't take it personally if I ask you not to for that particular moment. Just write them down and ask them a bit later. And one of the other things I think you two both touched on was the scrubbing in. So I found, um, I guess any, well, I guess I'd ask any tips that would be helpful. And I think I found when I either know I'm going to scrub in or ask the right person whether I'm going to scrub in or I might scrub in at a certain time. So there was a registrar who I would follow him as he scrubbed in and then on another placement I would scrub in well before them so I was ready to go before the registrar or the fellow arrived. So is there any tips for scrubbing in? Um, I guess it, it depends on the situation, whether it's an emergency situation, how many people you have scrubbed for the case. So if there's going to be four scrubbed for the case, you probably come scrubbed in last. Unless your um, your head surgeon, the VMO, he would say, go on, go scrub early so um, you can start off early. So you actually go by what the, the flow of the room might be like. Um, yeah, good tip. Yeah, yeah exactly. So... If you if you need if you need help scrubbing, um, then certainly that needs to be flagged early, uh, and the the surgeon or the the registrar who's in charge of this particular case is going to try and help you um, uh, fit in in a way that you can still scrub and, and participate. But uh, at the beginning of the case, there's a lot of things going on, um, uh, draping, getting uh, stuff out, getting everything set up. So you may have to wait until the scout nurse uh, has finished whatever they need to be doing, and then they'll have a bit of time to take you through the scrubbing. Um, try and practice scrubbing before you come to the operating theater. So when you start your rotation on the, you know, on the first day, um, you, you turn up, don't, ex, you know, don't, don't scrub in for cases, but try and find time to get one of your, um, colleagues from the team to take you through and refresh your memory of how to scrub. Um, but yeah, look, this is this technical bits like that. You will you will learn. It's if you are nice and affable and approachable and uh, eager to communicate. Or this this is this is a minor minor issue. I just want to add before you scrub in, if it's the first case of the day, please have something to eat because <laughs> I've seen so many students. He'll be like, oh, I haven't eaten yet. And then two hours into a cesarean and they've been, you know, stuck there, they faint. So if you're going to faint, please step back. Don't step forward. <laughs> Just step back. Sit on the floor. Don't sit on a, one of those wheelie chairs. Just, just sit on the floor. Just tell let the team know that you don't feel good and you're going to step back and just lie yourself on the floor. That's probably the most calmest way you could deal with it other than falling into the sterile field. Speak up. Speak up. You say say that you're feeling a bit woozy. Uh, it yes. happens uh, a lot more often than you realize. Uh, and it's not just because you're dehydrated or haven't had your morning coffee. Uh, it's, uh, it's a vasovagal response to seeing blood uh, and a lot of it for, for a period of time. 
And with laparoscopic surgery, especially, uh, the, the horizon always swims and it really can wreak havoc with you in a year uh, and you can feel a little bit um, seasick. Uh, saying that, for laparoscopic cases, uh, scrubbing for those cases is, is a little bit is is not something that I encourage my medical students to do because you can actually see everything on the screen anyway. And unless you're there to um, uh, to hold the camera or, or try and put a few stitches in the skin, then you, you probably be able to get as much out of it by watching, asking questions, and then looking up some of the answers and things uh, on your phones. Uh, laparoscopic cases are good that way. You don't really need to scrub for those. But for open cases, if you don't scrub, you don't want to see anything because cuts are usually pretty small. Uh, and unless you're scrubbed and your hands are in there, um, you're not going to get as much out of it. I think that's really helpful. And I do feel for the um, students that, I guess, are at risk of passing out. So definitely eat breakfast. I guess they're better off being 10 minutes late, have, with a stomach full of food than yep. falling into a sterile field. <laughs> um, so just some really quick basics. So I guess with the gloves, dark underneath, right? Yep. Um, so they should always be wearing an underglove. I know a lot of surgeons just like to wear the top layers, so two of them, but we should always be wearing double gloves for sharps injury and stuff. So usually the underglove is a dark blue colour now. Mm -hmm. Yep, and it's and the top glove would slide on so smoothly over that. So if you're, you're not have you've got two white gloves on, it won't slide on as nice as having a proper underglove. Very true, very true. Okay. Awesome. Okay, so we've scrubbed in, and now I guess the theatre is starting. I guess one of the things I like to do is ask, where can I stand? What What do you guys think about? The next steps now that the theatre is actually starting. Um, always this, um, you could always ask the surgeon first. Where would you like me to stand? And in particular um, uh, cases, they like you to stand either holding the camera, just opposite the screen, or you know, want to help, um, want you to hold retractors and stuff. But then you also have to consider the scrubness and her instruments, and where you place your hands and where you place everything, so you don't get contaminated. So. Mm -hmm. Any tips, Serge? Yeah, absolutely. Most of the time, the surgeon will tell you where to stand, and um, uh, thing you know, they they will work things um, uh, in a way that you can squeeze in, and uh, the scrub and the assistant and everyone else can participate. Uh, you do, you don't really have to worry about that, that too much. So, should we move to I guess postoperatively? Is there anything a student can do to I guess make the experience helpful or? Um, not get in the way. I guess when the patient's leaving the room, you can have a quick look around, always things that go missing, patient's files, patient's x-rays, um, patient's belongings, glasses, depending on what side. If you're doing anaesthetics and yeah, you go, oh, look, patient's glasses, patient's dentures, they've been left here, yep, and x-rays, yeah. Um, anything like that is usually super helpful. Um, and also, you know, just as the patient's leaving to recovery, transferring the patient from the bed to the um to the trolley again. That's just don't stand back there and just stand against the wall and act like you don't know how to do it. Like all we need is an extra set of hands for you to help us across. Yes, yeah. and I think put that's when you put your gloves on and yes. be helpful. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> 
Absolutely, especially if you, but you must know what you're doing. Yeah. Okay, so yes. you need to have seen it once or twice before. Uh, if you don't know that you're going to be helpful, uh, don't do it. Um, there are plenty of people around. There are uh, to transfer patients and so on. But if you, um, if you know for sure that you're going to be helpful and you're doing something useful, by all means, help is always going to be appreciated. Yes. Okay, great. Um. One, of, one little thing I wanted to ask you guys was shoes in theatres. So sometimes we see people not wearing, I guess, the little, the little foot cover. Shoe coverings. Shoe coverings. Yeah. And then others seem to, I would rather die than own a pair of Crocs. <laughs> um, so there's, the shoe coverings are for any shoes that aren't your shoes that are actually bought for, especially for theatres. So if they're not left here, um, then you should be wearing a shoe cover. Don't come in your high heels. Don't come in your fancy Nikes and not expect to get some sort of blood or prep on it. Um, definitely have shoe covers on unless you want to get your real nice shoes dirty. Good, good. Yeah. Good tip. Yeah. yeah, so invest in those Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just wear the shoe covers. Thank you. <laughs> Look, for me, it's uh, around Williams or nothing, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> No, but seriously, look, don't, probably don't come in sneakers uh, just because they will um, absorb whatever the fluids that are going to spill down. Uh, whether or not you're wearing shoe covers, it's not going to matter a whole lot. Um, don't wear something that you're going to be want to be wearing out uh, either. Um, wear something relatively waterproof and do put shoe covers on top. It's much easier to just take that off and throw it in the bin than try and uh, clean some of the blood and grease and grime uh, off your off your nice new shoe. Yeah, good tips. And uh, something something non-sleep. Uh, board shoes are pretty good for that um, because if there is a bit of spillage on the floor, uh, you you want some rubber on your on your shoe. What did you say? Sorry, I said boat shoes. Like boat shoes. So they they, they are non-slip. Oh. They're non-slippery. So they got they got yeah rubber soles. Oh, sorry, that's my own ignorance. Not. <laughs> yeah. Don't you have a boat? <laughs> we all don't have yachts. <laughs> no, we're not all fellows. Thanks, Serge. <laughs> No, no, it's in my dreams <laughs> one day. That's right. I guess any key messages to wrap up for our students listening? I think, can I just add, I think my one would be, please don't think, students, that I haven't made every single mistake in theatres. <laughs> I have more than once, but I, I like to learn by actually making the mistake, unfortunately. so Yeah, I think you just the key importance is just to introduce yourself, show that you're interested, have some sort of knowledge, and if you don't know, Always ask. Yeah. What about you, Serge? Um, look, um, whatever Monica said, um, and uh, come uh, try and come prepared. If you do come prepared, uh, even a little bit, you'll get a lot more out of your operating uh, theatre experience. Yeah, I think this has been really helpful. And for all the students there, just enjoy theatres and get the most out of it. We, we always remember the very, very nice students and the one who are very keen and show a bit of interest. So, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. On that note, thank you, Monica, <laughs> and thank you, Serge. Thank you very much, Wendy and Monica. You're a star. I'll see you next time. See you. Virtual Board Rounds is available wherever you get your podcasts. 
for updates, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Or to send your thoughts, queries, concerns, comments, you can also email us at virtualworldrounds at gmail.com. Until next time, happy studies.